You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 48. What should you expect when buying a new home? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we're talking about what you should expect when you're buying a new home. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I wrote a book about it. Um, it's actually the latest one because I've been slacking on my latest book, but uh, it's called Black Mold and Home Inspections. Uh, I actually did home inspections for years before I decided to specialize in mold. So anyhow, there, there's a lot of things you can expect. Uh, if you've bought a home before, most of you know what to expect. Um, but for those of you that don't, uh, that's a great book to read. And uh, we'll cover that today. It's a, you know, it's an interesting time because it's still very much a seller's market. So buyers are trying to figure out what should they expect when there might be five offers on a house that just got listed this morning by this afternoon. Don't you think this is kind of a, a crazy market if you're trying to buy a home? Well, like you said, as far as buyers, that's, it's tough, obviously, you know, when you're in a buyer's market as a seller, you're kind of in a tough spot and then vice versa. But as far as buyers, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy market. It, uh, this whole coronavirus is really, I don't know, made everybody go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So maybe this will slow everything down. But yeah, when you've got five offers in on a home, I'm not saying realtors do this, but I've known of some situations where they'll say to you as a buyer, well, how bad do you want this home? Because these people are going to offer 5% more and blah, blah, blah. So you got to just, on the when it's a buyer's market, um, you got to be just kind of careful of what your competitors are doing. And speaking of realtors, you know, I think a lot of people, when they're new at buying a home, they just pick the first realtor that they come across. 
what do you think about how to find the right realtor for a buyer? One thing we, we cover that in the book. Uh, you know, a lot of people go with either the first person they come by, meaning whoever's on that sign when they're looking at a home, or they just go with, oh, my cousin or brother-in-law or whoever's a realtor. So they just go with kind of the easiest, quickest, most convenient person. And I'm not saying this would happen if it's your brother-in-law, but your brother-in-law could be a brand new realtor or he could be just like a bulldog realtor and only wants to do is sell homes. So make sure that you're talking to the people that have dealt with that realtor before and also, you know, make sure that that realtor is someone you want. They, they, it's someone you trust, not somebody that more or less, you know, a realtor gets paid by selling a home. They want your best interest, not just selling a home. What do you think about signing a buyer's, signing on to have a buyer's agent? I've done that very rarely, but I think there are pros and cons to signing a contract to have a buyer's agent as opposed to being a free agent and just working with different realtors. What's your take on that? Well, from from a realtor's perspective, you know, they want you to sign that contract so they're not wasting their time or what they perceive as a waste of time by showing you all these homes and then you just go with your buddy that's a realtor. So that part of it I somewhat understand. But on the other hand, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign a contract because what if you find out, you know, you've you've looked at let's just say four homes, you're a couple weeks into it. This this realtor at the end of the day doesn't have your best interest. They just want to sell you a home. They're they're kind of just like, you know what, I don't have time for you or you're not buying a home that's given me enough commission. So you know, there's pros and cons to it. I understand why a realtor would do it. I personally wouldn't sign a piece of paper saying that, yes, we for sure would buy from this realtor. But on the other hand, you know, you need to be respective of their time that they're putting into to showing you homes. Yeah, I think that that's that's something to think about. And you, like you said, you should really make sure that you have the right realtor for you. Let them show you a few homes at first. See how they approach the buying process before you even consider signing something with them. Right, right. And it, like I said, you could you could be dealing with a realtor that just, not that they're a bad realtor, they're just not a good fit for you, you know? They keep trying to, to, to sell you something that, for the most part, you've already told them you don't want. So, so there's, it's tough to deal with a realtor that really isn't on the same page as you. And on the other hand, once again, it's, you've got to realize that's how they get paid is selling a home. So they don't want to show you homes for a year and a half, maybe unless you're in the million dollar home buying range. But beyond that, they kind of want it, you know, that's, they want to sell you a house and get that commission and move on. What, what, I know you talked about this in the book, Black Mold and Home Inspections, but how, for people who may are not familiar with it, how does making an offer work? And what are some of the do's and don'ts, especially as it relates to inspections? So on the inspection side, so one thing I learned from you, and, and at first, uh, you know, I gave you pushback on, you like to lowball. I do. And, I, and I'm not a fan of that. I, to me, I'm like, you know what, that's not, you know, I, I guess I've just never been that way, but you've kind of convinced me that, you know, it's a good way to go. Because you never know. It could be in a trust. It could be sellers that maybe they're trying to move and they just need to get rid of it. There could be a whole gamut of things. And so... A lowball offer, not in my opinion, is not necessarily that bad. Now, a realtor is always going to tell you that that it's disrespectful or however they want to want to word it, but you might as well get the best price you can. 
But when it comes to the inspection side, one of the most common mistakes I ever would run into uh, with my clients when I was doing inspections, it wasn't the fact that the offer was contingent on appraisals and inspections. It was the fact that the deadlines were in such a tight time frame that they couldn't they couldn't even get them done, if that makes sense. So like your realtor would say, well, the appraisers are around here about 10 days out. Well, they kind of only give you that 10 to 14 days. Well, if you can't get an inspector in there to inspect it and come to what we call resolutions, meaning you guys work out a deal where, you know, there was a mold issue found, we're going to drop 10 grand off the price of the home. So the time frame is what I always noticed with my clients is they didn't give themselves enough time to get it all done. So really making sure that you allow for a time frame where you can get what you need done. Exactly. And okay. but, but another crucial thing is, is if you're dealing with a, a newer realtor, it it does have to be pending appraisals and inspections. So so let's say you're looking at a house and they want you know 100 195,000 and you offer 185 and they take the offer. Well, and if appraiser comes in and it's only worth 150,000, you're going to have to come up with that. The, the extra 35000 exactly. Most people don't realize that. So it has to, which makes sense. The bank is going to say, hey, we're not going to loan you 185 when it's only worth 150 So you need to make sure that you have that it's conditional on appraisals and inspections. So then let me ask you a question because I know we've seen a number of homes around here that were, um, gosh, what was it? maybe FHA foreclosed or something. And it said very clearly that the home is sold as is. Correct. So it doesn't matter what an appraisal says. What do you say to people who are considering to buy a home that's being sold in an as is condition? So typically on a, on a foreclosure, the, the whoever is holding the title or the deed, they have it appraised. So, uh, and it, 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 the appraiser comes in and appraises it. If all the flooring's ripped out, let's say they appraise it at 150000 So typically, this isn't always this case, but typically on a foreclosure, it's already been appraised. And so that's what they're going to ask for, if that makes sense. If it appraises at one they're not going to try to get 200 out of it. So when they say as is, they more or less mean on the property conditions, if that makes sense. So... For the most part, you don't need to worry about the appraisal coming in because it's already been pre-appraised. You're still going to have to get another appraisal by your bank. So what they typically mean is as is. And, you know, some people walk through and they say, okay, it's, it's, it's as is. You know, there's no reason to have inspections done. And okay, it's not that bad. And then they just, they move forward. That's not a good idea because, you know, it could have a mold problem. It could have a structural problem. It could have a whole whole list of problems and even if it is as is and we've talked about this before you still need to have an inspection done because the last thing you want is a home that you bought for 150 needs all new flooring has a structural concern now with the foundation and has a mold issue and you're going to be into 250 fixing everything that's the last thing you want so when they say as is they do mean we're not going to fix anything you can try though. Once again, it's kind of like a low ball offer. It never hurts to try to say, Hey, you know, we had a mold inspector come in and he found mold. Um, I know I deal with a company that, that if there are mold issues, they take care of it on foreclosures. So 
coming back around to having the inspector come in, that's never a bad idea. Because maybe that bank will say, hey, we didn't know there was a mold issue or we didn't know there was a structural issue. So we will lower the price or we'll fix it. So so as is, don't take that as, you know, it's written in gold. Just just keep in mind that there, you can't have an inspector come in and says, well, this outlet's defective or whatever. There's some shingle mits, shingles missing. They're, they're probably not going to address that. So I don't know if I answered your question, but... Well, and I think where it gets dicey, though, is, um, and you would know much more about this, but when you are going for an FHA mortgage, in most, in, in non-FHA mortgages, there's no such thing as a pass or fail for a home inspection. But with FHA, isn't it the case that there are certain criteria that a home inspection must meet in yes. order for that mortgage to go through? Yes. Ironically, I am an FHA and HUD approved inspector. I don't tell a whole lot of people that because... More or less, the banks are the ones that require it, and they don't pay a whole lot of money for it. But it is—it's a—it's a—it's a list, um, kind of like a code inspection, and you have to meet certain criteria. Let's say um, it's a manufactured home, which typically a manufactured home is on a foundation, but if it's not, it has to have what we call cross ties on the ends that are attached to concrete and blah blah blah. That is a pass or fail, and so when you have that happen. So there's, there's something I kind of want to explain. So on an FHA inspection, it is a pass or fail. And at the end of the day, they have to fix that. So going back to when a home inspector comes in and they find defects, they don't have to fix anything. Now, if an appraisal comes in, I'm not saying they have to, but what I've run into is let's say an appraiser comes in and the deck's settling. For the most part, well, not most part, every time I've seen it, if the, the adjunct or uh, appraiser notes that they have to fix that does that make sense so it's kind of funny how it works on the appraisal side versus the inspection side you know what we find is inspectors doesn't have to be fixed but if an appraiser finds the same thing they make them fix it so going back to your whole fha thing so a conventional loan the only loans i'm aware of that require a home inspection is a fha or a uh, va loan and they require that so, and it is a, the, the, the VA loan's not a pass or fail inspection, but the FHA is. Exactly. So those are just good things to know when somebody's considering buying a home and getting a home inspection. Right. You should, whether it's required or not, but certain kinds of loans will require right. it. And ask the home inspector if he is FHA or HUD approved, because there's not very many. I know when I did it, and it's been years ago, I'm trying to think, I probably did it back in like 2006, I got approved. And there's, I think there, I was one of like seven in the whole state. So, you know, that's something to ask. Now, just because you're FHA or HUD approved doesn't mean you're a certified inspector. You're just an approved inspector through them. Okay. Okay. And in the state we live in, Wyoming, they don't require certifications for a home inspector. Now you go to Colorado or South Dakota, they require it. I, of course, you know, the certifications I have, I would be grandfathered in. They just, Wyoming, Utah... I'm not sure about Idaho. They just don't require it. So, yeah. Which, like I said, brings up something. Make sure on the inspection side you're hiring the right inspector. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing is, I don't think a lot of people understand what um, everything that goes into home inspection report. I would have thought before you explained this to me that a home inspector would look for things like 
would do an inspection on termites and mold and would give reports on mold and reports on termites. But can you explain the diff, like the difference between a general home inspection and then bringing other specialists in to follow up? So a general home inspector, um, and this is in our certifications, we're classified as a generalist. I always like to compare it to your GP. And I'm not saying your GP is bad. I'm not saying home inspectors are bad. They're just not specialists. So when you bring a home inspector in, when I got my certification, we were trained to obviously identify or, you know, know what, what the signs were of a termite infestation or pest infestation or like a mold problem. And so the, the reason why a, a general home inspection, I know when I was doing in my church 350, I've heard there are more. It depends on where you're at, but it's really not a whole lot of money that you're spending. And the reason why is because you're paying a home inspector to go in, identify the major, pretty much major defects of the home so that you can bring in a structural engineer or a mold guy. So you've got to just realize that they're not going to report unless they find evidence of termites. They're not going to report on that. They're not. and, And then, and if you have a home inspector, because I was going to say they're not going to report there's no mold. And if you have a home inspector that says there's no mold, from our listeners, they should know there's no way a home inspector knows that. Exactly. And I couldn't even, as a specialist, I already know, you probably know, our listeners probably know, is there any way you could just walk through a home and say there's no mold? No. So, so if you, if you have an inspector like that, you know, don't, don't go with someone like that. Well, and I also think... There are lots of buyers who go with the home inspector that their realtor suggests because the realtor's like, oh, I'll just take care of it for you. I'll just blah, blah, blah. And then later the buyers move into the home and all of a sudden the furnace is bad or something goes wrong. And I guess, is that the fault of the home inspector? Because a lot of people are so happy. So they buy a house. They feel like the inspection went well. They get in the house. There's some major problems that they didn't see coming and they want to blame somebody. Is that the home inspector's fault? Well, if... So you, you threw in there that they went with their realtor's choice. Now, if, and I had this happen quite often. I'm, I mean, it, it was more often than I would like to say. It was kind of scary that I would never even hear from the client. The realtor would call me. When can you do this inspection? They would get the check. I would send the report to them. I'd never even hear from my client. And so it was all done through the realtor. I don't know the laws. I'm obviously not a realtor, but from what I know, the realtors are not supposed to get involved in that. So now going back to your question, if you could prove that your realtor just said, Hey, I'll take care of everything. You, you, you might have a leg to stand on going back on the, on the realtor and they carry uh E&O insurance, which is, which is uh, errors and emissions. You can try to go that route. Now, as far as the home inspector, going back to what you said specifically, a few weeks after they move in, their furnace quits working. Well, once again, unless they could prove negligence on the part of the inspector, you can't really go back on the inspector because we can only do inspections or inspect a property in the condition the property is at that time, meaning it's a snapshot. We can walk out the door the next day the furnace quits working. But if it was working when we were there, you know, we we don't know. But on the other hand, as far as negligence, if you can go, okay, this furnace was from the 70s. It had all these mechanical issues. Um, you turned the fan on and it was really loud. And, you know, 
those kinds of things you could prove in a court of law that, hey, the inspector was negligent. But as far as the inspector, you'd have to show negligence. And that's why it goes back to something I always said, uh, you know, to my clients. Then I talk about it in the book. As the buyer, you should be there. Not the entire time the inspector's there because you annoy the heck out of them. And they can't, they don't do their job like they normally would. But you should be there, you know, towards the end of the inspection and have that inspector go over everything with you. You know, you could walk through with the inspector and see there's doorknobs on all the doors. You go to move in, which I cover this in the book. You should do a walkthrough with your realtor before you close. You you do your walkthrough and all the doorknobs are missing. Then you can go, hey, whoa, whoa. These were here when I was there. Now, if you weren't there for the inspector or inspection, how do you know the inspector checked the doorknobs? Do you see what I mean? Exactly. So that's why it's always good to be there. And it, as when I was doing inspections, it was a lot different than mold. With mold, we do we take a lot more pictures um, just to cover our butts. But with a home inspection, I wouldn't take a picture of a door and a doorknob just to prove they were there. I mean, yeah. I mean it's just <laughs> exactly. you wouldn't do that. So that's why it's important to also be there for the inspection. So in addition to being there for the inspection, what what call to action would you give to to potential home buyers who are at this time looking at buying a new home, what should they be doing? I would buy that book, uh, the home inspection, the, the yeah, latest Black book. Yeah, Home Inspection. I love the subtitle. What is it? What, what your realtors won't tell you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it makes realtors a little unhappy. So. Yeah, and, and honestly, the book isn't to disparage realtors. If, if a realtor were to buy it and read it, they would they go, oh, I do all this stuff with my clients. And they'd say, yeah, I'm a good realtor. You know, I, I cover all this stuff. But yeah, grab a copy of the book. It's in Audible, um, ebook, paperback. Um, it's a, it's a good book. It goes through a lot of the stuff we just talked about. And like I said, it's just, you know, we're working on Udemy courses and it's something that if you spend a little bit of money now, you can stay, save thousands of dollars down the road. So make sure, you know, you go read the book. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. Black Mold and Home Inspections. You can find it on Amazon. And we will catch you in the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.